The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. This is Follow Up Friday, and we've got some decent um, decent Ravens to get through. It's true. We've got a lot to get through. Um, any show news we want to get out, out of the way first, uh, yeah. Sir Ezra? Yeah, show news. I actually got a lot of responses from the t-shirt um, size sign-up. Mm-hmm. So what Matt and I did was we were at Traxler, and we just ordered them in good faith, and mm-hmm. we got a crap ton of sizes spread from you yep. know small to yeah, whatever, I'm, and so we're, yeah. we're good. We're I'm looking forward to them. Um, we, oh, my God, they're sick. Because we bought, we bought another shirt uh yeah. kind of a test run for something from them. another another project we do and i was really pleased with those yeah. this one's a little bit different because the logo we're using is a little bit bigger a little more in depth yeah more colors yeah a lot more colors yeah. so um but they, they told me today though when i was asking about the texture of the shirt and everything they're already pre shrunk they're super they, they feel super nice you guys are gonna like them they um the four color situation we yeah. actually might be five or six colors but there's no white undertone they feel soft they're not heavy yeah so it won't be super inky it's like a sick shirt yeah i'm so yeah, it's one yeah. that we would wear ourselves and i'm wearing the one from our other thing right now and i kind of like it it's awesome yeah so yeah so anyways uh if you have not filled out the google it's form be- it's on patreon.com forward slash bend the knee uh, it's also I posted on Facebook as well. Just wanted to get the sizes in so I can ship those out to you guys because those will be here uh, very shortly. I think a couple days, perhaps. Yep. So, anywho, yeah, and I believe we have, we're going to have to uh, ship some to people over in the uh, United Kingdom. Can't wait, and I think maybe even outside of that, we have been getting a lot of um, new patrons and likes and uh, just follows you know, from people from outside of the United States which is always cool. I feel like we've been getting a lot of people from the United Kingdom lately and a lot of people from like Norway, Sweden, you know, Finland. Oh yeah. And to those of you, uh, thank you so much for listening and we will try our best not to butcher your names. when they come <laughs> Oh up. my gosh. Yeah. We literally just sat here for like half an hour going over someone's name who we're going to be saying in this. And we're like, we just got to message him and hope we get it. I <laughs> hope we get it right. So, and he's from yep. the United States. So there we go. Yep. All right, so uh, today we've got a couple Ravens. What's the who we, are we going to start with? The big one or well, I think well first, first let's yeah, yeah. So finally, Sir Adam Parker was uh, defeated in a tilt. Um, yeah. he typically is the first to get the trivia question correct. We have someone who is a new patron, uh, so thank you very much for that new listener. We are in no way, shape, or form going to uh, attempt to. An- pronounce your last name so we're just going to leave it at lauren y 
Um, and the question was, what is the bastard's surname in the veil? And the answer is Stone. Yep, that one had me for a sec, actually, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. So Yeah, it was really funny because uh, Lord Adam Parker messaged us. and He, mess- he always messages me all- pretty much every day, and I love it. Um, we were talking Friday morning. We were talking, yeah, fo- Friday morning, and he messaged me. It was like 8 a.m. I was at work, and uh, he was like, Stone. And I was like, correct, but someone beat it to you. He was like, what? what? <laughs> he was like, I demand a trial by combat. Wow. <laughs> And he was like, he was like, they have to either get up really early or be in a different country. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. She, uh, I the, think she's in the same time zone. Is she? I thought she yeah. was. Uh, I could be wrong. I, I think, could be wrong. I didn't think she was from the United States. But uh, Lauren is. is. Is yeah, I think she. I think Lauren is. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, anyways, uh, congrats, Lauren. You literally, um, you smoked her boy. I mean, you mm-hmm. literally just. Yeah. So she's know. the champion. It's impressive. She's the current champ. Yeah, she is the uh, right now the current uh, queen of um, you know. Of, uh, of beauty. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, so here we go. All right, uh, Sir Ezra, you want to read this one? It's a big, long one we got here. Holy smokes, man. Can we can we divide this up? I mean, well, I mean, you're kind of a, you're the, you put me on the spot here. I'm the not the English guy. All right, let me find it here real quick. Okay, so who's this from here? This is from uh, Sam. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a long one. So, we've been sitting on this theory for a little bit, and uh, let's, let's just dive into it. So, it says, uh, hey guys. Uh, I'm a listener from the south coast of England. I got into the series through the show and have since spent many hours reading through a Song of Ice and Fire and Reddit pages, Um, getting drawn into the detail behind the story. Listening to you guys do the chapter by chapter is a perfect way for me to catch up on a lot of the book specific details, and I'm really enjoying listening. Uh, I wanted to write you to sort of share a theory uh, that has been bubbling away in the back of my mind. It's a combination of a little... Um, theory, theories he's heard elsewhere. Um, he's he doubts he's probably the first one to put this together. Maybe who knows? Mm-hmm. I haven't heard this. I haven't so actually. I glanced this is, through this one. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't dig around on Reddit much though. So that's that's I part of, I do every you now do and then. yeah yeah yeah. Um, so anyways, he says. Um, Let's see. Um, I doubt I'm the first to put this together, but it feels like the route Gur would uh, go down. Um, so much so that I'm surprised it's not discussed more. So either it's cleverer than I think or already largely debunked. So this is the theory about the history of the North and the others and potentially how A Song of Ice and Fire will play out. It's based largely on a lot of what Gur uh, has said about how history gets lost over time and how good and bad are often a matter of perspective. It starts with a question, why are the Night's Watch and the Night King so called? Not in the uh, world of ice and fire, but why did Gur give them such similar names? So we're going to leave it there for just a second. Um, and the reason being is because as soon as I read that, I thought about the idea. That, first, yeah. First of all, that's a great question. It's a great question. Because I don't think anybody ever thinks about that. Well, and, and, and he's right that they should. Because yeah. he has said in interviews multiple times that like the thought process behind the name is huge yeah like duran martell's name has meaning it's it's tied to it has historical meaning you know and uh meaning and it's in and of itself um possibly ties to um death or or characters in history that symbolize death you know um or the stranger in this world in this context but yeah anywho he does really start to kind of think about what the how the names 
sort of drive the character. I guess when, when he writes it, he says, no, why they're called such. Yeah. I think maybe just for him and his style of writing, that is, like when he goes back to that character, if he's done that much work in the name, he's got a good feeling associated with that character yeah. because he says they, they evolve over time as he writes right. the story it's evolving mm-hmm. which is why i've told you years ago that there are so many threads that he started that i don't know how he's going to finish and finish yeah uh and i've said that a long time ago and people can can you know um well, he has take that he how has, they want he has but, multiple threads over multiple book series that he hasn't finished i know because i've been going back through duncan egg and i'm just like god i, fin- I just where does that go yeah. about to finish it and i'm like is Xavier going to get back to this right and we're not even done with the main series Normally, people do you know do the main series and then do the side stuff. Mm-hmm. He yeah. kind of likes to do it all at once, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's continue. Um, the Night King in the book is thought to be a former Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. We presume that the Night's Watch um, are there to watch out for the night, hence the name. But what if the apostrophe S represents possession? So instead of just so it's the, is it, he's basically saying, is it the Night's Watch? So the Night King, is this his watch? Right. That over time, it's it's lost its purpose. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, you know, they've been looking the wrong way on the wall, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Instead mm-hmm. of looking north, they should be looking south and guarding against what is to come. It's sort of where he's, right. uh, you know, getting with this. Um, let's see. What if the wall was originally built to protect the others from the first men? What if Gur um, has convinced us to look at the north the, the, the wrong way round? Mm-hmm. Um, how does this theory change our understanding uh, of the history of the north? Well, you know, we just recently did uh, some digging into the Dawn Age and, and the age of the um, first men and all of that uh, goodness. And it is pretty clear that what well, we know there was warring happening between the children of the forest, right, and the, and the first men. So much that there was, um, they're using their magic. Did they break the um, the land bridge between Essos and Westeros? Did they try that again at the neck and it didn't work? You know, and you've got the Isle of Faces there where the treaty is made. They were doing everything that they could to sort of, you know, save themselves or protect themselves. And if you think about it from their perspective, the children's perspective, trying to preserve themselves and their way of being, why wouldn't they want to like possibly take back right. the seven kingdoms? Yeah. You know, why are they, why are they just content to be beyond the wall? Mm-hmm. You know? So I, you, you hear a lot and I've been seeing some theories online that the children of the forest are actually perhaps the bad guys. A, oh, yeah, a lot quote, of people say that air quote, the bad guys, you know, um, did they create the others or the white walkers or what have you, you know, in, in the show we see that pushing right. the, you know, um, obsidian into the chest or whatever right. to kind of form them. So, Okay, uh, let's move on a little bit here. Uh, Bran the Builder originally built the wall. If the Night, if the Night's Watch and the Night King are on the same side at this time in history, then then to um, then so to presumably is Bran the Builder. So if they are on the same side, so kind of following his train of thought here, Bran the Builder builds the wall during that time. He is then a part of the Night's Watch, or at least on the same footing with them, helping them build this right. wall. For possibly the Night King. Now, again, though, I got to say to stop right there. The Night King is the supposedly the thirteenth Lord Commander. That yeah. So, but again, we've there's rumor that the that Bran the Builder could be more than one person. Mm-hmm. So again, he's very right in that the histories are very, you know, uh, you know, skewed because Bran the Builder. How long did he live for? Because it, apparently he was building things that happened well beyond his right. time. 
you know, supposedly. Did he lay the foundation? Did he lay well, the blueprints? And, and another thing, I, I'm real quick on the brand the builder thing. Yeah. I definitely am a big believer that, that the brand the builder could be more than one person. And there's a lot of theories that like every brand is actually the same brand since we saw a brand go back in time and do the Ho- Hodor thing. Mm-hmm. Because every time they talk about that name Brandon, yeah. like when they're talking about old Nan, I think it's in, it's either at the end of a Game of Thrones or early into a Clash of Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, they're talking about old Nan, how she's been there forever. And it's like, we don't really remember when she came. She came for like to be the wet nurse to Brandon, but it may not have been like Ned Stark's brother, Brandon. It may have been a Brandon before, before that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that the other day we, we finished the podcast and we were talking about old Nan and Matt just looks across the table at me and he goes, is she the red widow? I know. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> That's a big theory. Oh, we're going to dive into that. Cause I just finished. I actually just finished uh, a sworn sword. Yeah, you're, re- you're rereading those uh, at work. Yeah, I'm, I'm plowing. I'm taking a break from a Clash of Kings, um, because uh, and as I plow through it, and I wanted to replow through Duncan Egg. Because guys, to be honest, I think Duncan Egg are the best. Uh, oh, they're I huge. Just, I love them. I love them, and they're huge. And there's so much stuff in them that when you go back and you hit the content in it, like there's there's stuff now where like people are having dreams. I just forgot about it because I only read it once. Right. Um, where people are having dreams about stuff that happens with Dunk and it comes true. Oh, yeah. 90%. And yeah. some of Dunk's dreams, you yeah. know, you could view and be like, wow, what does this pertain to, yep. mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, the, the bigger overall plot? Plot and picture. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you're, if you're overwhelmed by a, by a world of ice and fire, the Hedge Knight series is great. It's so. really, it's a really easy read. Okay. Let's get back to this though. So again, the idea the Night's Watch and the Night King are in cahoots together mm-hmm. and they're looking south. And he says, he goes on to say here that uh, Bran also built Winterfell. If he was on the side of the others, then maybe Winterfell is not the last great house behind the wall, but is in fact an outpost beyond the wall. If you mm-hmm. think of the kingdom being the northern, mm-hmm. you know, the land of always winter slash everything south of that, uh, looking south, you know, right. it's just a different perspective. Um, is this why there must be a Stark in Winterfell? Are the Starks seen as an ally of both sides? Um, aren't there stories about early Starks and others falling in love at some point, which mm-hmm. is what somebody brought up or, kind of are, yeah. earlier, you know, uh, last week? Uh, I'm struggling to tie up the timelines as I've not read the books. However, we still don't know why the others started moving. Yeah, great point. <laughs> great point. Great point. <laughs> um is it related to the lack of a Stark in Winterfell? Wow. Is it an attack on Winterfell? Um, or sorry, is an attack on Winterfell seen by the others as an attack on them? Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned earlier that um, Catelyn's reservations about the words of um, the, the Stark house, Winter is coming, uh, that it's a bit literal, um, you know, in, for a great house. It just didn't seem like words that, yeah. you know, <laughs> Matt's, Matt's thinking now. I see him across the table here. Um, yeah, there's some, they're kind of melancholic, you know, uh, he, he, he mentions. Um, almost Boy Scouts. So then he says, be prepared, et cetera, et cetera. What if the Starks are winter? Winter is coming, becomes much more boastful, more threatening. The North remembers, remembers what? Have they forgotten, or is this underlying subconscious memory that prevents them um, 
properly from properly integrating with the South? Mm-hmm. Is there something there that makes their customs old? They're a strange people, as as Catlin had said. Um, yeah, were you thinking something there, or did you want to? Well, you can finish if you want to. If you want to finish, because there's one thing specifically he said that I just thought a lot about, and I was making a lot of connections because okay. I just watched a video on it, and so I'll, we'll come back. So okay, cool, yeah. Um, so again, the gift, um, the gift, which is that space in between, right. you know, um, the, the the wall and Winterfell, the um, Night's Watch vows the wildlings. Everything related to the North suddenly has a very different feel about it without contradicting either version of historical events. Yeah. Okay. We're not quite finished, but... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Because uh, I don't ahead. really know. I haven't got this far yet, and this is great. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, given the layers in which Gurr writes, uh, it is, though, oft um, repeated phrases of the North that really convince me of this theory. They are so important in the story, and current interpretation of them uh, are so... Let me see here. One-dimensional. One-dimensional, that I struggle to believe that Gurr hasn't got more to reveal about the origins there. How typical of Gurr would it be if the ultimate heroes, Starks, and ultimate villains, others, of the story turn out to be on the same side? With Jon stuck in the middle, Danny, Jon, you know, Night King, the three heads of the dragon, maybe this is a bit of a stretch, uh, but doesn't Jon's... Uh, actions throughout foreshadow a certain amount of sympathy and willingness to coexist. That's true. Um, you're right. I probably took it too <laughs> far there. Finally, add to this melting pot the brand is a time traveler theory, mm-hmm. and you and you can um, quickly. I think yeah, you can, yeah. You can, I think he means like quite quickly extrapolate how Gurr could bring this thread to the story. Uh, full circle. Full circle. Uh, and really satisfying conclusion. Returning these... I'm oh, sorry, I'm stealing it. As, you're fine, you're fine. Uh, these critical northern sayings to his ancestors with a neat reference back to the Hodor origins story. Look forward to hearing what you have to... Where you take this rabbit hole regards Sam. Good God, we might have to climb back out of this rabbit hole, my friend. <sighs> wow. Okay, first of all, thank you for that like well-put-together yeah. thread. There's so much to break down about this. Can I say, too, when yes. I read something like this, someone who says... Who is able to say, he's not saying a matter of fact, he's just raising questions. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very smart way to go about it and sort of say, yeah, what are the details? What are the timelines, etc." That's very well thought out. Mm-hmm. That's why I thought, thought this was such a good um, Raven to respond to. Yeah, and um, something I've kind of gotten, just some messages on Instagram and this, is that I think a, a lot of people, and this was kind of the original point of the podcast, is that a lot of people, myself included, as I am actually pretty new to the books. Like yep. I, read, I read the first book. And then I have read the Duncan Egg series, and then I've mostly just read wikis about you know diving yeah. deeper. Mm-hmm. And so um, for me, that's just where I'm at. But I've seen the show like yeah. a couple times. Yeah. But people have been messaging us saying like, "Oh, it's really nice to come into this because we're new to this. Like we've watched. The, I think I would say I, I'm if I had to take a guess, I'd say most of our. We should actually do a poll. Most yeah, of our should. listeners are people who have watched the show, but yeah. maybe aren't as book heavy. Yeah, and you know, I mean, a World of Ice and Fire so, is relatively new. Yeah, and the Duncan Egg series, and even has a World been of Ice and Fire is like written specifically, like vaguely. Like, it is, yeah, it's, and it's written in as a like almost like a textbook, mm-hmm. not very appealing until right. you sit down and have a discussion right. with somebody about it. So, um, so that kind of brings me to my one of the points I want to raise here is that some big differences as uh, Ezra and I are, Sir Ezra and I are, re, are, we were watching, we just restarted watching Game of Thrones, yeah, to get ready for our book to show comparison. Um, 
We plowed through the whole season. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much we plowed through the season. Well, we were supposed to just watch the first episode. But it's crazy because there we there are moments where even we're, we're past episodes where we've been like, oh, I think this happens. And we're just like, well, no, I think that's show exclusive. Right. So one of the things that is um, show exclusive, mm-hmm. I, at least in the at least in the prologue, okay, um, is the White Walkers when they kill like uh, they don't kill Gary but they kill Waymar Royce and mm-hmm. uh, the other guy. Yeah. In the show, when they zoom out, they're in a symbol. Yes. And then I believe Mance Raider says to Jon Snow in the show, "You'll have to correct me if this is in the book." Yeah. Um, Sir Ezra is Mance Raider when they come across a bunch of wildlings or whatever uh-huh. that have been killed yeah. by the White Walkers. They zoom out, and again, it's another symbol. And Mance Raider says, "Always the artists." Dang. Is that in the book? Is what you're asking? I um, don't because I watched an episode of it was either Order of the Green Hand or Talking Thrones. I think it was Talking Thrones, and he, I believe, he said that that mm. wasn't the case in the books. Mm-hmm. That may be. That may. Be because I, I definitely know they don't talk about the actual symbol. I don't believe. Right. But, remember how they're at, he, remember how they're always in like weird symbols. Right. 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 But he may have said something about the others. I have to look up real quick and see what he said. And then um, when you go to the scene last season, excuse me, where John is showing Daenerys the sigils in the cave, mm-hmm, yeah. and it's like a reference to. So that's like so that might be something that may never even happen in the books. Mm-hmm. I'm. People might be listening and be like, "You guys are totally wrong." So I, I'm, I'm totally saying this with like, no, oh, yeah, you're just complete, being, yeah. yeah. I, I, I believe, but just I just came to you yeah. and you're throwing yeah. it out there. But so my thing is, is that maybe it, because the show every season, I've been like, when are we gonna get more story on the White Walkers? Because mm-hmm. they're gonna have to cram it in, yeah, into yeah. this last season. Because right now, the only thing we have is that they just were there, right? And I think we will get, go ahead, yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I, I think we will get more because, you know, what we saw on the show, if yeah. there are these little confrontations that, that they're popping up with John right. and, you know, Mance Raider being nearby or the wildlings or what have you. Because remember, the, when they go back to Hardholm, that in the show, right, they're they're about, well, no. Yeah. Are they about to go there in the books or did they already get there? I can't remember. I can't remember. But no, 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 no. They're they, past it in the books. They're past it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, you know, those confrontations and things have happened, um, but because what I was going with there is, is I, I thought there'd be more right explanation, you right. know, given in the books, but right. we'll have to see, but winds of winter was, will be where it's at. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully we'll see. But he said a very, uh, Sam said a very interesting thing, uh-huh. especially given what we know now about Hodor and the significance of little sayings. Yes. Why must there always be a Stark in Winterfell? Yeah. Hmm. Because I don't question. believe that it's simply just as, well, we just got to have somebody there. Mm-hmm. Is there a bigger reason? There could be. There really could be. There could be. Because we're always, we're always hearing about, well, we have the blood of the first men yeah. in us. They're always reminding us how important that blood the is. blood of the Starks is. Right, right. And then we're always, like, the three things when it comes to the Starks is we know winter's coming. Yep. We know there must always be a Stark in Winterfell. And we know they have the blood of the first men. Mm-hmm. Those, when, when every time we talk about the Stark lineage, that's the three things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if there's something, if there's some spells or some bounding power there, right, or binding power, that could be keeping something. Now, it depends on if you go with his perspective, then 
you know, that I'm not sure where you go with that whole Stark being in Winterfell type of thing. But if Stark were, if you if you go with the Starks being opposed to the Night King, and they and leave can, their seat, then all of a sudden, is there something that their that their power, their their blood, them being there, um, is keeping something imprisoned? Right. Is there something the Night King wants there in Winterfell? Right. Which people have talked about that in the, in, in the crypts. They've talked about there possibly being, you know, the um, uh, his lady. Yeah. Possibly being there. Well, another thing, like that, another so. thing I was thinking of, I know this kind of set me down the, this kind of solidifies some more of just some things I've had mm-hmm. in the show. Um, when Bran is in the Weirwood tree or when he's, you know, becoming, when he's taken over for Blood Raven. Remember, mm-hmm. remember the scene where he's like, he's, uh, he's like walking around with the White Walker army and then the Night King touches him. Yes. And like Night King kind of like gets in his head or whatever. Right. I always thought that that is what would actually cause the Night King to be able to get through the wall was I thought maybe Bran had some sort of power now that he's he's a three-eyed raven. And when he comes through the wall, like through the gate, like it would allow that it would allow the Night King to then like escape the power of the wall. Yeah. And so that was just that was always how I thought and it could still be that way in the books cuz who knows. True. Who know who knows. Yeah. That was just my was my initial thought, but so anyway, that's sorry. I was no, you're fine. You, you, you thoughts go, thoughts going ever, thoughts going ever, thoughts going ever. Because because he because the path he's sending us down. Well, I want to get back to that because that's a, that's a very well, that's a very important path. But, but it just it just it just made a lot of things click in my mind and like the what I think yeah, is well, the more it, traditional. Path, I mean, yeah. he's literally focusing on an apostrophe that you know, like could or, or talking about the idea of possession. You know, the knights, the night king possessing the knight's watch. That being such a subtle, minute it is detail. It really is. Could have, it is right. And he's done this. I mean, Gurr has shown that he'll that he'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the idea, like you said, the saying, "There must always be a Stark in Winterfell." Um, you know that being talked about is significant. Um, mm-hmm. Those sayings yeah. matter. Now, this idea that the apostrophe the, and the possessive. Yeah, exactly. So maybe they've lost. You know, maybe over time, after the thirteenth Lord Commander, um, you know, the Night King. And think, do you remember how he, uh, the stories say that he, he bent them to his will, like the night's right. watch, essentially. Uh, they were, un, they were almost entranced. They were under his right. spell. Right. I can't remember exactly how it said it, but, yeah. uh, and then he ruled supreme there, yeah. essentially. The so, only, I, the only question I have about it, about this whole thing is if that were the case, why is Castle Black and everything on that side of the wall? Wouldn't it make sense to have it on the other side of the wall? Because if the idea was that the wall was to protect, was initially set up to protect mm-hmm. the others from the mm-hmm. the Andals and everything, you know, the Andals and the Valyrians and all, you know, the, just the people of the realm, wouldn't it right. make wouldn't it make more sense that all that stuff would be on the other side of the wall? Yeah, I guess you're right. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah, unless you know, uh, unless unless on that side, so you see how easily they can climb the wall. And get over, right? Not easily, but the wildlings climb. Right. I mean, I'm just chasing a rabbit here, okay? That's all I'm doing. Um, if they're on that side to just patrol the wall itself, I don't know. Could they do well, the they same always, thing you know, from the and other that's side? Another they could. Thing. Yeah. Is the wildlings. Yeah. Is what about it, them? Like, how exactly did they get over there? Because if the wall went up, why, why didn't they bring those people? You know what I mean? Or was it people who just went over there and over time it just populated or could be, but I think uh it's mentioned that they might have just been on the wrong side. 
of the wall yeah when it was erected maybe they lived much further north and just i mean i can't imagine that they would know about the construction of it and then not try to get around it you know what i mean if there was some i don't know that's a great question that is a really good question so uh, any other thoughts on this? I mean, it, it, does it seem there's like- a lot? This is this this is a this is a huge theory. So hold on, there's a, there's a lot he has going on here. So the brain, the time traveler part part. Yeah. Um. So you know, once you introduce time travel to something, it kind of yeah can jack a lot of things up. But so far, Gur has done it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um. But if Bran can do it, does that mean, I guess, that any other Three-Eyed Raven has done it? Does that mean Blood Raven has done it? Well, again, okay, hold on. So we've only seen this done in the show. Right. right? This may... N- but then Hodor. Yeah, how does that happen? Um, does that happen, though? See, is the other thing. Is they could have just been like, oh... Hold- this could be cool. This could be a, this could be an HBO, you know, showism. This would be a huge, huge showism. That'd be a huge props for HBO. I mean, it'd be huge. No, I, I, I mean, come on. That something is. So I think there's a way in which it's done, but there might be more explanation as to what is happening because they do in the show mention a lot, like when you know Ned is going up in the Tower of Joy and he he almost hears you know Brand something in the distance causes him to turn around and like he heard his name mentioned. Right. So. You know, there is that reach beyond back into time that Bran uh, is is showing or that, mm-hmm. that he has. But if that's the case, why then didn't Bloodraven do some of this stuff? Like, what is it that he needs Bran to do? Right. You know what I mean? Why can't he go back and change? Maybe because Bloodraven doesn't have the blood of the first men. Wow, maybe. There you go. Because Bloodraven is of... This is, I was listening to this day uh, in, Dun- in Dunkin' Egg... Uh, you know, he, um, egg was like, Lord Bloodraven is, is, is a, is a, is baseborn and Dunk corrects him. He's like, no, he's just bastard born. There's a difference because he's a bast, he's a highborn bastard, mm-hmm. but yeah. he's, but he's still not a Northern, right? He doesn't have the blood of the first men in him. It was just interesting. Something I thought Wait, who? of so- Bloodraven. Okay. But he's, yeah. a Tar- he's a Targaryen, right? Yeah. He's a Targaryen. Yeah. So what are you saying there? He's. So yeah, he doesn't have the blood of the he first man. He doesn't have man. the blood of the first man. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. And that could be that could be the the whole reason there. That Bran has that that blood. And, and Bran, that. yeah, and Bran, you know, not only has the blood of the he's got, he's got that stark bloodline in him. I don't know. There's just something I don't know. But there's something there. Yeah, there is. Well though, oh, anyway, um what I was what I was thinking of, sorry, I don't know why I brought up the whole thing, but I was I was just thinking of something else, is that a lot of people theorize that Bran is who causes the Mad King to go mad? Okay, because some people I've read some online. Some people are saying burn them all. He's he's not. He doesn't mean burn. It's like he's 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 thinking of like the White Walkers. Burn them all. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. What just happened? Uh, okay, let me think about that for a sec. Uh, that'd it's, be huge. That'd be a Hodor moment. Exactly. Because, you know, Jamie said that he's been saying that, you know. Because that's all he's saying. Burn them all. For months. Burn them all. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Wow. Maybe he was prepping to kind of, you know, save the seven kingdoms. (laughs) And it just wasn't. Maybe. Maybe he was, you know. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Or he saw something. It was shown something and his mind couldn't handle it. Right. Same way that Hodor's mind couldn't handle, you know, what was happening to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, we know, like, we know that people have dreams. You know, obviously dreams are very, very thing. I'm going to reference it again, Duncan Egg. I mean, the first one, the first one, who is it? Uh, Damon Targaryen? Or Darren uh-huh. Targaryen. Remember, he's the one who has, he dreams of Dunk and a dragon dying. And he's oh, you mean, his, you, mean, you mean his brother who's drunk all the time on the way yeah, to yeah. the thing? Yeah, it's Darren. Yeah. Yeah, King Darren, yeah. I believe, yeah. And he's and then Baylor Breakspear is the one who dies. You know, this. Yeah. Yeah, Baylor, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm kind of stumped by, by my mind's thinking too much about. There's a lot. Like, this this is a this is a great theory, Sam. This is a, a lot of different stuff. But I mean, ending ending thoughts on it is. I think it's interesting to think about. I don't know that it's full. I mean, here's the thing: Would we see the in the show? We didn't see this, but in the book, could you see the Night King coming by and possessing, you know, the Night's Watch in a way that's different from just killing them and rising them from the dead, right? And turning them into whites. Uh, yeah. Maybe you could. Maybe those are his, you know, um, he could turn them into his, like a thrall-like type of, you know, right. following or whatever. But uh, there's there's something magical with the wall. There is something, there are spells there. I, I, I believe this. I think uh, he, Mance mentions well, that the wall, though, in the book, is is something that is keeping them at bay. Now, this is Mance. Right. That, that's keeping well, the others at bay, yeah. right? So... Maybe, again, everyone is, like the history, go back to the first couple paragraphs of this theory, that the histories have been lost, and we don't uh, quite understand what's happened. We're trying to get south of the wall, but really, you know. Right. uh, Well, think about this, right? In the show, there are, I mean, this could just be the show trying to set up cool scenes, but there are specific scenes which kind of, I mean, don't make sense, right? So there's the scene where... Where a White Walker just walks by Sam. Remember that? Where Sam's like hiding. Oh, yeah. The White Walker. And, you know, he's like, maybe it's the White Walker didn't see him. But, okay, come on. Those things are like super powerful. I think it's because he kind of like looks and then just like walks away. I think it could just be a cool scene. Yeah, yeah. In the show. Just build suspense. Build suspense. But then, now again, this could just be HBO. We see the Night King. Take down a drag a dragon flying in the air with an ice spear. Why does he just let Jon Snow and the group sit there on that, you know, little island thing? Remember where Thoros Amir is dying and they're on the yeah. island and uh-huh. now we know the whites can't get to him, but we sure as heck know that if if the Night King wanted to kill him, he could just throw an ice spear at him. Mm-hmm. Now again, it could just be the show, but does the Night King know a dragon's coming? I don't know. I because maybe when Bran maybe when Bran does a thing and he touches him, does he then gain? Are they connected? Are they connected? Yeah. Is it kind of like you know to throw in a different reference here? Is it kind of like Star Wars, like Force connection? Force connection between Ray and Kylo Ren. That'd be crazy. I I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't think they're going to get together or anything. But I just (laughs) look at the barrier there that was created there when when uh, you know Bran is down with um, the three eyed uh, Mm -hmm. crow. Mm -hmm. You know he is able to cross well in the show anyways, he's able to cross that barrier. No problem. Right. I mean, he's able to, the, the whites can't get in there, but you know, the others have no problem walking across it and boom, the fire is done. Right. right. Um, so yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't be able to in the show, not, not just cross, you know, it was water, right. right. That they, that they fear. Well, in hard home too. Yeah. They, they fear the water too. Yeah. Right. So when John and the night King have that, epic stare down 
Right, but so fire does nothing to them. So like they can walk through fire, but they can't walk across water. Or you, you, you see, where that's I'm the white thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But so, I don't know if the I bet that I don't know if the Night King can or can't. I don't know. No, I mean that was the thing. They were all. I mean, what the distinction between the whites and the others is interesting. Right. But like that's why the whites were kept at bay by the children of the fire. The, 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 the children of the forest, forest. Right. Their fires. Right. That kept them at bay. It, it did not keep the others. Maybe it just wasn't a strong enough fire. Um, but they had trouble. The whites had trouble with that, but the others had no problem. Is it? I think that kind of throws you off, doesn't I, it? I think it's only. Is it? Does that take place after Bran has the thing where the Night King grabs him? I think it does. That could be. Maybe that's, I think. I think that's what think breaks that's what the spell. Gets, I think that's what breaks the spell. Okay, that could be what, what allows him to walk in there. Yeah, right. Which is what I thought. Because it was like, oh, if that breaks the spell for that, that's going to break the spell for the wall. Because we know Bran's going south of the wall, and I was like, maybe that's how he gets through. Because I never envisioned the Night King was going to like ice dragon. No. Tear down the wall that way. And mm-hmm. in the show, or in the books, totally different. If there's going to be a horn of winter or something. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just three dragons on an ice dragon. Yeah. Quite honestly. I think that might be the way that it goes. Yeah. There may be a, a dragon in the wall. Or right. he may rise, ra- raise a... If he can raise dead whatever, why can't he call upon... And he's probably recently dead, but, you know, maybe he could raise a dragon yeah. or something. You know, Here's a question know. for you. Yeah. What if... Mm-hmm. Just kind of going off his theory here, where he's like, maybe the Night Kings aren't as, aren't as bad as we think. What if? Yeah, it's the three heads of the dragon. We have three heads: mm-hmm. Night King, Danny, John, <laughs> and it is a song of ice and fire because you have Danny who is fire, the Night King who is ice, and then you have John who is ice and fire. Wow, that's a little crazy. <laughs> a, I'm just saying. Yeah, I never crazy. know. Yeah, yeah. They want know. us to go down deep rabbit holes. This, it, this is. Yeah, I know. But I like this because you do turn the right. perspective back to the children. And the children, like I said in the beginning, the fact that the, that they're fighting for their own survival. Did, so it's one of two things. Did they awaken something or uh, ally themselves right. with the great other, this this evil god that is literally not the long night could come again? Um, or are they actively working right. with this great other? Now, here, here's something. When... The three-eyed crow is in um, connection with the with the werewood. Correct. Okay. It does not look like he is um, there of his own will. Mm-hmm. Okay. It seems like, and it seems very scary. It seems very. You're talking in the books. In the books. Yes. Oh, yeah. Blood Raven. Blood Raven. Blood Raven. It's almost like he's like he's like held against his will. He's held against his will. Like he's really old. Yeah. And it could just be really old, but it's basically like he's like he's it's, like almost like part of the tree. Right. And it seems like that the children are feeding off of him and his knowledge. Mm-hmm. When he's in the werewood, they are also tapped into other werewoods. You see right. other children that are sitting uh wrapped in, in the werewood roots. Well you hit you it's described that way. Um, and so that has made me think that there's more going on down there than what we mm-hmm. realize. You know, what are the other children up to? What are they seeing? What are they tangling, messing with, etc.? Um, do they not have the power that Blood Raven and these? Because they relied on what they called their Green Seers, right? Right, and uh, maybe they've lost that, and they needed another one. They needed Blood Raven, and so mm-hmm. they've got him, and they're using him, and now they've lured Bran there as well, and maybe that was Blood Raven himself trying to free himself or to say maybe he sees a, a a plot i'm just going off of this this guy's theory here right 
if the children are the bad guys and he's brought Bran to sort of save everyone. Because my, my question to you earlier was, why isn't Blood Raven just doing all this stuff himself? Exactly. But he's being watched. He's being, he's being watched. He's being manipulated. And he's teaching Which Bran. I will say is actually, so you have to go back to Duncan Egg for this. Yeah. But if you also look at Gurr's writing style, is that Gurr often, he does this thing where he's kind of like with characters, he's like, be careful of what you wish for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is that like, look at Sansa. Sansa's like, I just want to be Joffrey's yeah. princess. Well, you get that. Yep. You do. Right. You know, and, didn't and turn like out John, I just, you know, I just I want to go to the north. Okay. You do. And yeah. you know, how, how does that work? How, how does that work out for you? Right. Um, but Bloodraven, if you go back to the Duncan Egg series, how many eyes does Lord Bloodraven have? A thousand eyes and one. one. That's his yeah. whole thing is he's like, he, he, before mm-hmm. he becomes the three eyed crow or yeah. three eyed Raven, is he's basically like super Varus. Well, he's like also, if, you, if you think Varus has eyes everywhere, right, right, right. go read the Duncan Egg series. Yeah. Blood Raven has like Varus couldn't even hold, hold a candle to no. Blood to Blood Raven. Well, let's go over. I, mean, I think Blood Raven had, you know, um the ability to skin change and he had green sight. Yeah. I think he had both of those things. So there there's 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 that whole piece. Um he's different than the other Targaryens in yeah. a sense. Um so he has all these different, you know, skills. His nephew um, Egg's brother yeah. seems to have that gift as well. Rhaegar Targaryen seemed to have that gift. It seems to be a gift that is in the Targaryens and then a gift that is in the Starks. Yeah. But they just haven't. It's been dormant for a while, and Bran has it. And it's, yeah. and they've John got also has it. Yes. Kind he of. Ha- yes. Yes. He has can, the ability he can to war. He doesn't really yeah. know it, though. Right. Exactly. And at the end, Catelyn Tully actually starts to kind of realize in the books that um, her son, Rob, should be keeping his dire wolf a lot closer. Yeah, that things go bad when you take the direwolf away from a Stark. Yeah, like and you separate them exactly. Even Ned says that, and he's like, "Wow, they're the seed of." Uh, and he, when he he regrets, yeah. he regrets killing um, <clears throat> Lady Lady. Yeah, yeah, for sure, hundred percent. And so once they're reunited with their direwolves, things go better. That seems to be a good thing for them. So, anyways, I think yeah, it's there with the Starks, and you're right in the distinction between the 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 different bloods and what they might what powers they might have and what not have, et cetera. So anyways, I just wanted to send people down that rabbit hole a little bit to go back and take a look at what's actually happening to blood Raven there. Right. Well, what I was, what I was saying is that like blood Raven's whole thing is that he's like Varys, right. And he wants to have like complete control over the realm because he's trying to put down, you know, like 18, you know, Targaryen, uh, Blackfire rebellions. So isn't it like, I guess ironic, um, is that that's kind of his thing. And then he becomes a thread Raven where he, really has a thousand yeah. eyes in one or three, you know, for that, in that case. Yeah. Where um, that's kind of his character, then that's what he ends up becoming. Exactly. Or are they using his a thousand eyes in one is my Maybe. thing. And if they are, then he's still working towards the greater good in the realm, but he needs to reach out. And it's very hard, but to reach out to Bran, young right. Bran. He does. Um, and he also reaches out to George and Reed. Right. And has him, you know, I, I think there's there's green sight happening there. He right, because when lead brand. Yeah, because when when uh, when Jojen Reed or maybe it's Mir, I can't remember. I think it is Jojen. I just I just passed that chapter. Yeah. Um, it's when it's when they show up and Brand's there at mm-hmm. Winterfell. It's when Rob is, you know, trying to is managing working, things. Yeah, yeah, managing things. And um, he shows up and he says that it's either Jojen or Mir. I can't exa- uh, entirely remember. But one of them says, oh, I had a vision. I think it's Jojen had a vision about like, you know. Bran and Winterfell and Halen Reed's like you need to go there now. Oh yeah, for sure. And sends him. Just he sends his two kids. Instantly sends. Go. Him. Yeah. You need to go mm-hmm. right now. Yep, that's a pretty big deal. 
Yeah. I mean, it just yeah. understand like they, they, well, and also they live near and understand the significance of like their keep kind of moves in the marshes and they are still really tied to some deeper magic mm-hmm. and near like, what is it? Aren't they near the, are they near the Isle of Faces? Yeah. Aren't they? I thought, I thought the so. The Chronic Men, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. And they could, they could kind of, yeah. So anyway. I mean, their castle moves, you know. Like, right, exactly. Yeah. But, so, so think about this, is like, was there a Three-Eyed Raven before Blood Raven? Yeah. So here's my thing. We don't know about that. I don't think there was. I really don't think there was. Okay. I we don't we don't know entirely why he goes, and it could be. Yeah. Could be theoretically a brand time traveling thing, right? Because so, mm-hmm. remember that it's like there's a lot of things that happen in in these in 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 the books where it's like suddenly one day this happened. There's yeah. a lot of these suddenly one day things, right? Where in the show, suddenly one day Hodor just started saying Hodor. Hodor. Yeah. Suddenly one day Rhaegar dropped his book and said, "I need to learn how to fight." Suddenly one day Blood mm-hmm. Raven left as the nor- the white. North, uh, the Night's Watch. Night's commander. Watch. Suddenly, one day, the Mad King started saying, "Burn them all." Yeah, you know, uh, you're right about that. Now, here's my my thinking back to the idea that there was multiple three eyed crows. Um, I think that back in you look at the at the Dawn Age, the children had their green seers, right? And I think that's what they had. Whether that I've always been mystified when I we went back and read it again. Again, it's it's kind of vague. It's super vague. Are they actual children with green sight, or were they something else? It almost seems like it's they so were confusing. men. It's so confusing. I know. Doesn't it? It seems like they were well, men Well, because sometimes it kind of describes them as different things. Like sometimes it said, it seems like it's saying, well, they were like the green seers were like a, a, like a hybrid of, between yeah. like, a, I guess, a human or and old first right. man, whatever, and a child, a ch- uh, children of the forest. Right. Yeah. A child of the forest. Yeah. I am with you on that. So like I don't understand. Every time I, I, I read it, I'm like, they had green seers that were... Right. It seems like they're separate than the children, right. but yet they were a part of the children, you know? So I think they had that going and I think perhaps they lost that when they, I think when they attempted to uh, separate, because you see this, this pattern, right? They try to break off the, uh, you, you've, got, you've got the broken arm for, mm-hmm. from where Dorn leads into Essos. They try to break that off. Then they try to flood the neck and separate the two, separate Westeros in half. That doesn't work. They fall back to the wall. And are they working now? It works very well to think about his theory that, that Bran the Builder and they made this pack and Bran helped them build a wall. Right. In, in which they could be protected, you know, mm-hmm. behind. So then, but then the question becomes, why are the knights, why are they marching? Why are they? Why, why now? Why, why now? Yeah. But, well, but, okay. Because. Do they just try because, to do it every winter and they just get pushed back by the Night's Watch? No, no. I think because I think this time the wildlings are always raiding and things like that. But the, you're talking about the others and why are they right. on the move, which is the question that was asked. What right. caused them to move? Yeah. And I think it could have been several things. Finding of ancient relics. Perhaps they do have a horn. Perhaps Mance is lying about having, you know, um, the Horn of Winter, you yeah. know, or something like that. Maybe they have some relic that they know can bring down the wall. Or, I mean, I feel like. What I just said there earlier was that the children possibly had the wall built for them, but then now they've been protected behind it, gathering their forces, and they're going to push south, you know, and take back. This is the that was all the children's land. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they want to take that back? Gosh, you know? I'm going to try and find something really quick. It's um, the scene where I don't know why I'm just thinking about this right now. The scene or the chapter, I guess, where Stannis, well, Melisandre's on the beach, uh-huh. and the maester there, who's like, I don't want you to. Do you know is against he's against it in the show doesn't he drink he drinks it and dies right it's like poison he tries to give her uh yeah I think so in the book I don't think he dies from it 
he is there's a couple of people who conspire against Melisandre and it doesn't go well for them. I'm trying to remember. Right, but he says but he even says like you shouldn't have burned the seven. Like You're right, it might have been the Maester. I think you I think you're right. I can't remember. Yeah. I'm not but, gonna, I'm well, not, there's <clears> not gonna go find it. Um yeah, and Davos is definitely against it and gets in prison. But maybe that's the thing. It. Maybe maybe Relore and these you know and have they always been trying to find the next Azor High? Maybe somehow Melisandre, you know what I mean? This is just some thoughts here. Maybe yeah. somehow Melisandre tries to cause I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it is, it may, maybe it's just time for them to march south and something yeah. with Bran. It's just the winter's coming and this is it. This it, is the time, yeah. Yeah, and this is the time things have shaped up. They've found perhaps maybe maybe it's, it's Bran's injury that has awoken this power in him and that they're able to draw him north of the wall. He's theirs. So now it's time to move right. south because they have Well, there's weapon, also there's the Red you know. Comet. Like magic, That's is, true. magic yeah. is back. The candles started burning. The right. dragons are back. Right, right. Yep, yep. You're right. So it's just the signs, the omens. <laughs> that is just, it's just favoring it's, war, it's just as the Dothraki yeah. say. Um, so yeah, anyways, I don't know. Big rabbit hole there. Lots yeah. of different stuff to unpack. But uh, yeah. And by the way, I'm like taking notes as we go through this. I love Fall this Friday is, because yeah. we, Matt and I just do this, or Matt and I just do this off the cuff, you know, um, rolling off. Which the, actually, I, I like. I enjoy. Yeah. I, I actually, I really like, I really like these. Because when we do the main show, we try to you know specifically have our notes and what we're going to talk yeah, about. We've done the research, but try to this is good for us because really, what this follow up Friday really is more of a bigger influencer of the main show because then it's like yeah. okay, we know what people want to hear, and it sends us to like make different connections. We never would have went down this rabbit hole. No, had we wouldn't have. But this. now I have so now, now we have notes. But now I the now the question needs to be raised. Yeah, why must there always be a Stark in Winterfell? Right. Yes. Yeah, several questions have been raised. Yeah, yeah. What, what what caused the others to move? What yeah. caused them to move, march south? Yeah, you know, is it? Yeah. So, anyways, we're gonna leave it there for a sec, and we're gonna move on to some other ravens. But I think it uh, the, the great thing is we have these questions on moving forward. And we will do the research mm-hmm. and hopefully be able to come back and answer some of these questions. But I'll say this: I think you raised, I think you, real quick, just last thing. I think you raised a good point. It could actually be that the wall was was there to protect the maybe children. not to, to definitely protect the children yeah maybe the others yeah. as well yeah never know maybe the others was like hey we want it up i don't know maybe perhaps yeah. yeah i don't know i don't necessarily know that anymore that i that i believe that that's where built. that's where I, I think i jokingly said it about like maybe he's a reincarnated egg on the conqueror where one man has a vision now it's mm-hmm. finally time maybe yeah. it's finally time because the realm is just in complete war yes yeah perhaps chaos and it's chaos and, and, it's, and time. it's time to to take it back yeah because yeah we're, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah, gonna leave yeah, it yeah we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> okay what else all right um all right so we have one here from a boss yeah a boss i hope that's seven blessings first of all i love your podcast thank you very much mm-hmm. and secondly i wish that you could discuss the possibility of john and daenerys having a kid mm. okay. so we don't know that she's pregnant in the show i think everyone believes that she is. She is. I think it's sure. I think we're all pretty much. I The seed is strong. The seed is strong. Yeah. 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 So. And that's one thing. I, that's one thing I don't think about because I also think, well, um, Cersei's also having a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which she's not. I think she's lying. She, she thinks she's just lying. Like she's Some totally people say lying. She'll, uh, in the Talking Thrones season eight plot leak that uh-huh. I, I often yeah. say is a big fan theory is that she has a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sure. But some people think that's what's going to kill her. Is that oh. like she dies in childbirth, which like everyone dies in childbirth, and maybe that's how Jamie kills her. 
Huh. For the whole Valentine oh, prophecy. Oh, I see. Which is a prophecy we haven't even touched yet. Yeah, no, we have not. Yet. We have not. Because um, I think we have a very stark, uh, heavy, heavy, heavy uh, <laughs> listeners. And yeah. we, we haven't gotten down a lot of Tigerian or yeah, um, excuse Lannister. Me, Lannister. Yeah, we Lannister should, side though. of things. Yeah. There's some good stuff. There's there some the, Greyjoy the kind witch. of stuff, too, I'd like to go down to yeah. at some point. So Yeah, but, okay, so the possibility that, that John and, and Daenerys are going to have a, a child. I actually think, you know, you brought this up to me the other day that we might see at the end of the HBO series um, sort of like an epilogue. Yeah. Where something, you know, there is a child born and this child, you get back to the beginnings of the end of Robert's Rebellion mm-hmm. where you had all these children who are very significant players who are now our main cast and stuff uh, were either killed or saved. Where are they at? How old are they are? You know, who are they related to? Who are their mothers? All that good stuff is happening. You may have that happening with, um, you know, Mance Raider um, having his own child, Right. The King Beyond the Wall has a child. Um, perhaps John and Danny in the show, right, could have a child. Um, you know, and then Sam, you know, Sam and Gilly have their baby, right, which is uh, well, well, their baby. So there could be something here that we're, we're starting to kind of see what we don't see in the start of, um, you know, at the end of Robert's Rebellion, Tower of Joy, all that kind of stuff, we could be seeing all that happening now at the end of this season. All the craziness that could propel you into another season, which right. they won't do, right? But it's just sort of, it kind of comes full circle there. We're seeing these children um, and, and their, you know, how they're brought into the world, who they're connected to, and what their significance might be. We need to send a child into hiding um, because they're the true born, you know, king, uh, true heir to the seven kingdoms type mm-hmm. of thing, you know. Uh, so, yeah, what was the the the, the Talking Thrones theory there about about there being a child was yeah it a pretty it basically, basically same thing is that it's gonna it's gonna have an ending the more i think about how the hbo show is going to do the ending is the more we talk about this sir ezra and i are just big believers the shows and the books are 100 percent different 100 percent different like i don't even think i like i'm not even I'm, close. I'm, I'm thinking i'm gonna be close yep because we're just re-watching if you disagree just let re- us know because just I'm re-watching down. this there's so much stuff already like some stuff so like um like a small, a small difference. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it, you know, in like a year when, when we get to the, when we're, we've got enough uh, chapters in to get to the episode. Yeah. But uh, we just watched the episode where in season one, where they have the uh, king, the king's hand turning. Yeah. So mm-hmm. something small, right? Right. Especially because I was, I was explaining some of this to our friend who will remain nameless as she chose. So we'll just yes. refer to as no one. No one, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> which I think is in talking to is, no one. is appropriate, and we'll yeah. reference her again when we talk when we do our mead, meat, and cheese mm-hmm. patron. Which thank yeah. God, because there's no way Sir Ezra and I are good. Thank God we had like no that. one for that. Yeah, because, oh my God, it was wow. amazing. Um, but watching the scene and the hound, the in the book, the hound explains to Sansa when he's like walk escorting her back mm-hmm. how he got like his scar. Mm-hmm. You never, you know, how, never tell you how I got these scars. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yep. But yep. in the show, it's a little finger explaining right. it to her, and he kind of tells her like scarily. He's like, "Don't let anyone ever hear." You know, so, but it just kind of yeah, I don't guess, let him know that I told right, you, right? Because they just don't have that. time to have that scene where the hound is right doing that stuff. So there's stuff like that where it's like we just don't have time, so they kind of merge stuff. Sure. And then I think there's some other scenes like the whole Robert telling Jamie. And Barris and Selmy about war stories never happens in the book because mm-hmm. we never we don't yeah. have a Jamie or Robert POV right, right. could theoretically happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just so that's like character building of 
characters who don't have POV chapters. Like Jamie doesn't even Jamie Lannister actually, having just plowed through the first book, isn't really in it. Right, he has a POV later, though, right? Not in, not in the first book. No, no, not in the first book. Oh, but later, eventually, yeah, 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 okay, yeah okay, eventually, okay. but in the, but in the but he, I guess you could argue he has some in the show where he has kind of Jamie scenes. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, right, I right. Get you. Yeah, but so anyway, so just in small stuff like that, like you have all these things that happen in the show mm-hmm. that don't happen in the books, and as you start to progress, because yep. the first season, uh, as you and I were, yeah, were watching, the dialogue is like almost is taken straight from the books. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it actually seems kind of odd going back and rewatching it. Like it almost seems kind of forced because you can, it's almost like, it's almost like they're really trying to like take the lines exactly from the book. Mm -hmm. And the dialogue improves as the show goes on because they're more in their characters, but also they kind of start to thread out a little bit from the book. So the lines aren't like word for word. But that, you know what that shows me though, is that it shows me that Gurr told them, that the uh, that the first season that the first book is super important, right? Line every mm-hmm. every line in it matters. matters. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we will be referring to these characters and these lines that were mentioned uh, for the next several books. Right. So yeah, I'm with you on that. And yeah. another huge uh, indicator back to Lady Stoneheart. There we go. <laughs> that these things are gonna be completely different. Is by the way, that's gonna be a t-shirt. Yeah, I just thought of that. That's gonna be back to Lady Stoneheart. Yeah. It's gonna be a t-shirt. Um, it, it's so different. It's just so different. So, right. so anywho, but um, but so, so the point I'm the point I'm setting up is that sure. So we're so as you progress, I think there's they're going to be so different. My vision is that see a lot of people. I'm not a believe. I think John Stone, John Snow, was going to sit the Iron Throne because I just think that is that's his character mm-hmm. because he doesn't want it, and so he's going to be the guy to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think. Daenerys could die in childbirth. Okay, I could I could see that happen. Or he has to kill her to create um, Lightbringer. Yeah, and maybe she has the baby afterwards. So maybe that's maybe that's the bittersweet is that he has to kill her. She dies, but she still have the baby. Right, they're able to get the baby. Yeah. Right, you still so you still get the baby. But I actually do kind of I envision the last episode of this being almost all epilogue. And I kind of envision it the same way when you watch the the like epilogue, I guess the ending of Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. yeah. is that it's okay. It's going to be grand. We're going to see like, you know, you see Aragorn take the throne sure. and die. Sure. But it's like, you know, you still had all those years. With, yeah, sure. Uh, what's, what's her name? Uh, Arwen. Arwen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They all have yeah. the same names in Lord of the Rings. They do. They yeah. always, it always <laughs> sticks me up. Like they're like exactly the same names. Yeah. But, you know, it's that type of an ending is how I envision the show at least having. Sure. And if that's the it's way. Just they, too, it's too big. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And if that's where they do it, then, you know, bosses, right, there could be the idea that they're. Oh, they're definitely having a kid. A child. Yeah. In the show. Of, in the book. Yeah, not sure. Really not sure. I have no idea. But there's there, there's there's a, there's room for it. Um, right. There's room for it, and there's also evidence that it could happen. We're seeing that children are playing a significant role. You know, Melisandre's wanting to kill babies. Mm-hmm. Slash, we're saving some because they have king's right. blood, or they don't, or whatever. You know right. what I mean? So, well, actually, to go back to Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Okay. Ezra's Ezra Ezra's more of the uh, the uh, expert. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> expert here on this one. Um, isn't the ending of like, so when, when the movie ends, mm-hmm. yeah. there's like chapters that happen afterwards chapters. in the books, yes. right? Like tons of stuff. This old battle at the Shire. So <laughs> I could see yeah. that it could like the song of ice and fire is that it is their child 
Mm-hmm. That is ice and fire. If you go into the books, which Sir Ezra and I have been talking a lot about this, the more we read, man, yeah, it might not be. It could be R plus L equals J or something, mm-hmm. but or maybe it's A plus N equals, equals J equals J, and that yeah. it is a song of ice. Right. And fire, as in Jon Snow is pure ice. Right. It's not R plus L equals J. Right, exactly. And, and, that, and that Daenerys equals your fire. Fire. And then they together and then their kid or something. Right. Which somebody had sent us a theory that it, I, I don't know about that where it's like their kid growing up and then I think we'll get it. I don't know. You never know. But, I mean, the problem with all of that, though, is, and I love that, I think Ned and Ashara Dane, big deal, possibly, truly, that is Jon's mother, Ashara Dane, what have you. But what in the heck then does that do with the Rhaegar, Lyanna Stark going to a whole rebellion? What was who, how does their child play a significant role? Yeah, let me, let's sorry. stop it. Let's stop. <laughs> That's a I, huge theory because I almost we're spoiled working. another theory that we were going to do, and it's moments a ago. Monstrous. I almost literally when you were don't, talking don't, about, don't, about don't. children, I it almost is spoiled a, it. It is a monstrous theory that I have. We have literally seen no one no throw one out, and we're gonna. It's gonna be in June. We're dropping it in June. That's because we're so nervous that people are gonna know about it. So yeah, gonna, it could. I, I I don't mean I don't I don't take things lightly, but uh, I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. Just because, uh, just the, by the way, guys, when we look at the numbers of the podcast, yeah, it's mind boggling to us, kind of, yeah, uh, just how like well we're doing, get up our game, uh, yeah, and so if we're just all each week, we, we, we <laughs> each, literally try each to week, like, we literally, I'll like walk out to the living room, I'll be like, yes, and he's just like, dude, I know. I know, and that's all we say to each other. I come other. home, Matt's like, reading the book. Uh, he comes to my bedroom. I'm reading the book. We're like sending each other messages at work. Like, dude, did you see this? Like, like pulling apart the line by line. So it's, it's why it's honestly why Follow Up Friday was so helpful yeah. because people like Adam Parker, you know, um, Sir Jared of House Gebhardt, everybody, you know, yeah, Abbas, all these people, you know, Sam helping us piece some of this together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they're bringing out pieces that we're not thinking about. Our minds are not currently there. Um, and it's, it's, it's very helpful. Yeah. So, so I love it too. Cause then it really it, appreciate it, it sets me up too throughout the week. Cause if, uh, if we didn't, it'd just be like the whole week goes by and then it's kind of like, okay, just get ready for the show. But this is great. Cause this is like, no, 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 no. There's all this other content. And yeah, exactly. Stuff, it yeah. allows us to go way to the end of the series way back before the series started. Mm-hmm. So, all right, cool. I think, you know, we can talk more about that. We've talked a bit about it, but we'll, we'll bring we up did that. that. We did talk about it in another one a little bit. But yeah, yeah I think I think it's just in closing. I think they're having a kid in the show. I don't think they're having a kid in the book. I don't know what really implications it's going to have mm-hmm. yeah. in the show other than Daenerys might be pregnant and maybe John is like, you know, more protective of mm-hmm. her. Yeah. But sure. I. Yeah. So. Right. I'm with you on that. OK. Um, so speaking of Sir Jared of House Gebhardt. Question for us uh, and for the show: How do you think Sir Arthur Dane? <laughs> they're so good. How do be a th- long episode? Oh uh, God! How do you think Sir Arthur Dane? Um, or I'm sorry, do you think Sir Arthur Dane would have made a difference at the Battle of the Trident? And wow, is that a loaded question, uh, my friend? Mm-hmm. Yes, he would have made a difference. Um, but you know, here's the thing. He did make a difference because he was far away, you know. So in that he was he was he was far away, um, working for Rhaegar uh, Targaryen. Now here's the thing: Th- this is the King's Guard. Now mm-hmm. Rhaegar is a prince. Mm-hmm. Okay, the Mad King is mad, and we know that when he goes to the tourney of Harrenhal, 
he literally goes just to sort of make sure that there's no plotting against him by his own son. Mm-hmm. He's and, freaking out. And there was. And Rhaegar was sort of assuring people, dad's going to be gone soon. Don't worry. I know I he's crazy. Control. You've got a sane Targaryen here and we'll take care of the kingdom. Like, it's okay. And Rhaegar is a boss. Mm-hmm. He's a cool guy. Cool character. People like him. He's well versed. All these good things. So, um, but he is the one giving the orders. Mm-hmm. So, all of the Kingsguard, well, for the most part, well, let's see, three plus the other three, six, maybe seven, mm-hmm. except for Jamie. Jamie stayed mm-hmm. at uh, with the Mad King. Mm-hmm. So, did I don't have to go back and look? Did the Mad King send them with Rhaegar, or did Rhaegar just take them? I think he demanded that Jamie stay. I, I think the Mad King demanded that Jamie stay. That was that yeah. was something. He also demanded that Elia Martell and her children. Um, uh, uh, stay with him in King's Landing mm-hmm. uh, to sort of keep the to keep Dorne in check and honest. Right you know? now, Rhaegar, when he goes to the Trident, where did he come from? Where we was he? See, before we don't that? know. I know, and there's a lot of theories about that. And where where was he? Was he in Winterfell mm-hmm. <laughs> with Lyanna? Was, was he, he at the Isle of Faces? A lot of people think that's where they Isle got married. Faces. Secret marriage. Yes. Was he somewhere secretly in Dorne? Um. You know, where was he? Now, what's very, dude, what's so interesting about this is you look at the history between the Targaryens and the Dornish. They didn't really get along no. that well. And it was through marriages and stuff that, they, that things start to kind of work out a little bit. They really were not cool with the annulment or just the treatment of Elia Martell. And, you end, and it ends up that Lyanna is in Dorne at mm-hmm. the Tower of Joy near House Dane. Mm-hmm. How? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, anyhow, so ba- back to the original question, would Sir Arthur Dane have made a difference at the Battle of the Trident? Yes, but I don't think that was the mission. I don't think that. Yeah. Uh, see, this is see, here's the thing. So I guess so to tackle this, I think we have to look at it a bunch of different perspectives. Okay. So first, I think we should look at it as purely the analytical, like strategic Thing where we just view everything is as as we've been told. Okay. So sure. toss out like theories. Theories and was was Rhaegar even there? You know like, what I mean? Glamoring so, all that stuff. Right. All that out. stuff. So throw all that out. Yeah. Um. Yes, because it wasn't just Arthur Dane that wasn't at the Battle of the Trident. Sure. It was Arthur Dane and Gerald Hightower and mm-hmm. I think another Kingsguard. Right. Yeah, I think it was Went. I think it was... Yeah, Oswald went. I think so. I yeah. believe so, yeah. So you're talking... So, you, so three were at the battle. Three were at the Tower of Joy, which we're going to come back to in a second. Um, but, yeah, three Kingsguard at mm-hmm. the... At, you know, at, at, at that battle, then, yeah, I think it absolutely... Well, let, let's let's really quickly. It absolutely makes a difference because Barristan Selmy's there, but he's supposed, you know, supposedly. Supposedly, he's yeah, he's falls on right. He's injured, right? So let's let's break down who was there, right? So you, the rebels, you have the North, the Riverlands, the Vale, and the Stormlands. Your loyal, your loyalist, you know, those loyal to the Crown and the Mad King. You have the Crownlands, um, the Reach, Dorne, and then it goes on to mention loyalist from the Riverlands, Stormlands. And the Vale houses, which are Derry, uh, Goodbrook, Mooton, and Riger. So, anywho, so those are your 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 two combatants, uh, some, so the the two sides right. there at the Battle of uh, of the Trident. Um, 
would one person, <laughs> the sword of the morning, make a yes. difference? Commanding troops is a big deal. Well, but That's think of, but, right, but think about this. I mean, yeah. So not just commanding troops, and we also we also hear about just how, um, like with the whole Kingswood Brotherhood thing and stuff like that. Like Arthur Dane, yeah, big, right, big deal. Um, mm-hmm. and as it's so, remember this is when uh, Damon Blackfire dies, mm-hmm. it's over. Doesn't matter. There's still troops. It's just, it's over. Right, right, right. When um, uh, in the mystery or the sworn sword. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's when they're talking about it. Sir, uh, what's his name? Uh, useless Osprey. Yeah. Useless Osprey. <laughs> useless useless Osprey yeah. Yeah. tells Dunk, Sir Duncan about that. Sure. And that Sir Duncan realizes that he, he goes out by himself, right? And he's like, well, I'll just fight. Lucas Longinch by myself, yes, and if I yes. take him out, that's going to put down this little yes. whole quarrel because then all of Lady Weber's people are going to leave. Fall in line, and that's yeah. What happens? It's exactly essentially, right. essentially what happens. Yep. And then we see Beric Dondarrion say, "You only have to kill the one guy." Sure. So I would imagine, or you only have to protect the one guy. Yeah. So if more of his king's guard right. were there to guard the prince, then maybe Robert Baratheon doesn't get to. The troops don't lose their morale. I mean, okay, right. look at you know Ors Baratheon but, but, I mean, back in we yeah. were just there. Ors Baratheon with uh, Argilac the arrogant, and when Argilac is 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 slain, the troops kind of lay down, don't mm-hmm. they? Single right. comment. But think about this: is that you're like you don't need Rhaegar Targaryen to fight like and uh, you know it, it'd be one thing if if Ray, if you're trying to take over a place, mm-hmm. like if so you you know so Rhaegar Targaryen wouldn't have to fight Robert Baratheon by himself. You know, he he you know he that's what he has his king's guard for and Robert Baratheon as we know is pretty bullheaded so he would probably just he probably what happened he probably just rushed Rhaegar there's like fighting going on and then he got to Rhaegar before anyone else because it says that Barrison Selmy was injured so Barrison Selmy wasn't able to protect Rhaegar mm-hmm. so then if you add just more king's guard to surround him do you really think Robert Baratheon is getting through you know even say he kills Arthur Dane, let's just say he beats him, then has to fight Rhaegar. Do you think he's going to have enough stamina for that? Right. And, and, no. Well, and and also um, Robert was injured. Remember? Yeah. Um, he was he was injured. I think. Gosh, I'm trying to remember where he was when he was injured, but um, he has to recover. He goes on ahead. I think during the marriage of of uh-huh. Ned, of, of Ned and, and and Catelyn Tully when they're trying to gather the support of River Run, and so he goes on ahead. He's Essentially, uh, John Connington is there, and his forces are trying to find Robert Baratheon, and he's injured, right? And they can't, mm-hmm. and then they get scattered. And then, basically, the Mad King, I think, sends for two of the Kingsguard, uh, Barristan Selmy and um, someone else, to, to head up the King's Road to back John Connington's people. Yeah. Okay. So, really, they're, they're like, pulling. It's almost like, it's almost like their forces aren't just standing there ready to go. They're, like, kind of being... Yeah. Okay, let's get everybody together. We got to do this. Whereas it's Robert Baratheon's like, oh, we're marching. Yes, and that and that's the thing. Uh, I think uh, Ares sort of realizes that like this is the biggest threat that they've faced in a long time. Like they've never faced anything like this, and so he takes it serious. Uh, Rhaegar is the one who actually asks for um, Tywin Lannister yeah. to help out, and he doesn't. Yeah, he just kind of sits there, or he does march, but he marches slow and just directly towards. King almost like he pasted it out to be right at King's Landing to see who was where. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or how the forces were were, were faring. But anyways, Sir Arthur Dane, 
though, I do believe Wood made it. Here's another reason why he makes a big difference. Um, because of the the uprising um, in with Kingswood with, Brotherhood. Kingswood Brotherhood. And and the way in which he can he can uh, you know command a force because Barristan Selby is commanding like what well, I mean I mean that, no no Lewin Martell of the Kingsguard which was which was the other uh, Kingsguard who was there Prince Lewin Martell um, is got like ten thousand Dornishmen there marching up but so they can command all these different troops right so having missing one of your major commanders is a big deal yeah um, but even in the single like you said single combat on the field protecting Rhaegar. Big deal. Well, and the, how and, the heck did Rhaegar? Well, it's it's not just that too. I mean, here's right the, here's, the diff- here's the here's also the difference between Arthur Dane and the rest of the Kingsguard. And while I still am a big believer that maybe in like prime for prime, Barristan Selby might be better than Arthur Dane. But think about so go like watch or get to the parts where Arya is uh, Tywin Lannister's cupbearer. What do they say about Rob Stark? They say he rides. In on a dire wolf. Yeah. They say that he can turn into a dire wolf. Right. People begin to fear Rob Stark because of his tails. Right. Mm-hmm. D- don't you think just simply having some guy standing there who has this like ancient sword that everyone in the realm knows what it is? He is Sir Arthur Dane, you know, Knight of. Uh, night of the oh, no, not not what's it, what's it called? Um, uh, Sword of the morning. Sword of the morning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally yeah. having him on your side is like we got this. Yep, we yeah. we got Arthur. We got we got the sword of the morning. Right. Yeah, yeah. They've got all these these really well renowned swordsmen, commanders, men of war. Right. And you're now, missing three of them. You're missing you know yeah three pretty significant yeah. fighters. So I mean, like you know, if you so if you I think if you you know if you have Everybody in the Kingsguard who's not Barristan Selmy and Arthur Dane, does it help because it's a handful of really good fighters? No. But literally, Barris, like the difference of having Barristan Selmy and Arthur Dane, or just, you know, Arthur Dane or whatever, just because they're that guy, it makes that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to kind of quote, to kind of use it in, in terms of sports, I guess, like there's a difference between Tom, you know, Tom Brady and everyone else. It's like, well, pfft. He's the guy who's in the Super Bowl every year, like mm-hmm. just that yeah. that that kind of that kind of a thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that's a great question. Um, I'm thinking now that people are going to want a little actual uh, Battle of the Trident breakdown. Mm-hmm. That'd be the, a black have to be a Black Council. That'd thing be a Black Council. Yeah. Uh, I'm willing to do it though, and pull all the different quotes from the book. The wiki does a good a, a good job, but I'm remembering a couple of things that that aren't necessarily mentioned here because as you get later on, you've got people always reminiscing about it. Like the Manderleys are reminiscing about it. You've got uh Corbray mentioned like all late lady forlorn being referenced and all these cool charges, you know, each house played a role. Right. And they've got their uh, part of their claim to fame is that they, they yeah. had a, a someone in the fight who helped in some way. So you get all these different pieces. So we mm-hmm. should break it down. Yeah. So think about this though. Yeah. So real quick, just because I, I I I just we got to get to it. Okay. Arthur Dane wasn't there for a reason. That's right. So there were three Kingsguard. Nowhere at, near at the Tower of Joy. Yeah. Gerald Hightower, who's a boss, mm-hmm. he's Lord Commander. Now what we don't know though. So you have so you have Gerald Hightower, the Lord Commander of the Kingsguard, Arthur Dane, and Oswald Went are at the tower are at the Tower of Joy. Yeah. And Rhaegar specifically is like, nope, you guys stay here. 
there's no way that that like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, just, okay. just, no, they're right. No, okay. So here's the thing. So it's not only that I actually think when Gerald Hightower, I think it was him who mentions that we were far away or we were yeah. elsewhere, that they're talking about during the Battle of the Trident, too. They might not have been at the Tower of Joy when the Battle of the Trident was taking place. Right. So we don't know where they were. Um, did they then just make their way to the Tower of Joy? What, what, what other mission were they on or, right. were, or were they escorting? Um, you know, Lady Stark, you know, somewhere else. Right. So it really makes you think because the time, like by the time Ned gets there with his men, they've already, King's Landing's already been sacked and Robert's, you know, proclaiming himself king and what have you. And so then he's on his way to tower, to the Tower of Joy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, th- but, but it is very significant that they weren't there. <laughs> what were they doing? Yeah. And who sent them? It wasn't, it, it wasn't Ares Targaryen. It was Rhaegar. Had to have been. Oh, absolutely. So, so anyways. Okay. Um, wow, guys. I think that might be... Well, we have one more. We do? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't put it in the doc. This okay. is uh, this is the uh, Lord Adam Parker thing about the ice and fire kind okay. of sword. Sure. Also, I want to amend... Uh, I believe he sent us an email on this one. All right. Also, I want to amend my Danny End of Thrones theory. Okay. Uh, instead of Beric with the flaming red sword, because I think he's dead in the books, I want to e- uh, I want either Thoros if he's alive because he also does the flaming sword thing, or Jamie with half of the ice sword glowing red from magic on uh, lit on fire, because then it'll be like fire and ice, and he'll die nobly by the Night King, who will pick up Jamie's fallen sword before John steps in. Wow. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, Ned's ice was, that was melted down. Jamie has one half, uh, and he said Brienne has the other. So Jamie, does Jamie have Widow's Whale on the show? I think he, he does. He might. He might. Actually, yeah. In the show, he might, they might, they might not have just said anything about it. Right. I can't remember exactly. We were trying to figure that out before we started. I, I couldn't right. remember. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's look it up. So yeah, so that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what he's saying. Uh, so here it kind of breaks it down a little bit further. Uh, many people that, um, uh, Danny's chapter in the House of the Undying. Glowing like sunset, a red sword was raised in the hand of a blue-eyed king who cast no shadow. Many people think this is Stannis with Lightbringer. This, however, would be a lie since Stannis casts a shadow and doesn't have Lightbringer. However, the Night King doesn't cast a shadow and has the bluest of eyes. I predict we will see a sword that is glowing red like a sunset in the hands of one of the greatest heroes, Beric Dondarrion, in which he will likely Let's be ki- he will likely be killed by the Night King in King's Landing. The Night King will hold up Beric's sword for the world to see and extinguish the flame like a boss. Um, and then it says, Jamie holds up his half to slay the Night King. His sword appears like a flame reflecting off the shimmering crimson held of the Lannisters, uh, helm of the Lannisters colors. Then Jamie gets struck down by the Night King, fire and blood flying everywhere. The Night King holds up Jamie's sword, which he has, uh, which has caught fire high above his head and extinguishes the flaming sword that was once, um, Lord mm-hmm. Ed Stark's great Valyrian steel blade ice. Okay. So did that just have the Night King being victorious? Pretty much. Kind of sounds like. <laughs> kind of sounds like it. Lord Adam Parker. What is going on? <laughs> no, that's something. Um, I like the idea of these swords. And first of all, I love the idea that Beric Dondarrion sticks mm-hmm. around to the end, and is still Beric Dondarrion's definitely dying. God, I know. Definitely. I know he is. Yeah. He, I know. He is. If and if there's any character who we know is dying, it's Beric. But I mean, to receive some of those last commands from Ned Stark. Mm-hmm. To be carrying out the king, the true king's justice. Mm-hmm. Just oh, it's so awesome. So anyways, yeah, that's pretty neat. That's pretty neat to kind of think about the idea that um, that that ice 
could come back together in some way. Now, yeah, this does go to was this I don't was this a Patreon theory we did? Is Longclaw Blackfire? Yeah, that is a that is a Patreon episode. Um, so <clears throat> yeah. think about this. Okay, here we go. I just thought of something real crazy here. Yeah, we're gonna, gonna, we're gonna chase do, Matt down a we're gonna get a real again. deep drag uh real deep hole here. Okay. I really like this idea that what if the Night King does get his hands on both things and kind of reforge his ice, like just on the fly or whatever. Okay. Then what if it turns out the long claw is actually Blackfire? Now this would have to be in the books because they definitely don't have time to explain that this at all in the show since they've never yeah. talked about it. Sure. So then it would literally be boom, like the sword of, you know, like the dragons and Valyria, dragon old Valyria going against the sword, you know, the sword of Essos against the sword of Westeros and all the, you know, all well, this. Yeah. That mean, would be, that would be kind of cool. Well, even if you don't look at well, it. Well, as... I guess because ice is still from Valyria because it's a Valyrian steel sword. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah. Which by the way, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's also why the sword of the morning dawn has always been so interesting to me. Because it's not. Because it's not. And it's sort of like forged from a fallen star. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah. So could it be that uh, Blackfire returns in some way? Mm-hmm. That would be epic. Mm-hmm. It's a symbol. It's a Valyrian steel sword. Is it better than the other swords? Does it have magical properties? I'd love to know. Um, but, yeah. That, that, yeah. You should guys. You should definitely go check out that theory that on, on Patreon. Uh, it was not really a theory. We were just kind of asking questions and, and following, again, the rabbit holes uh, to see if Longclaw could be Blackfire. Yeah. So and we look at who had Blackfire last mm-hmm. that we know of. So, mm-hmm. or who could have had it mm-hmm. last, right? So, yeah, that'd be neat. I mean, it would be, it would be, it's, the, the swords are going to play a role. That's for sure. So. I don't know. All right, guys. Well, that is our show for this week. Uh, I'll go ahead and hit up, hit you up with the trivia question. <clears throat> what is the name of the wildling captured by the Starks who becomes a servant in Winterfell? Wow. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. What is the name of the wildling captured by the Starks? Yeah. Who becomes a servant in Winterfell. I like mm-hmm. it. All right, man. Um, yeah, d- uh, feel free again always to send us a uh, a raven at btkcast at gmail dot uh, com. Uh, hit us up there with theories. Hit us up with questions. Honestly, even if you guys, you know, sometimes when we chase these these rabbits into holes, we <laughs> start to uh, ask more questions. And so, if you can answer those questions for us, gosh, we'd love you for it. And uh, we would definitely. Um, include those in, in the follow-up because we're not afraid to reach back into last week and say, hey, we got some updates on what we talked about last week. Let's uh, let's right the wrongs or let's answer some of the questions because that's sort of the, the point with follow-up Friday is this ongoing uh, discussion. So, And it keeps evolving. The, each chapter, chapter by chapter, and that history piece with A World of Ice and Fire really helps to kind of drive uh, that conversation. We're, we're learning along the way. I've read A World of Ice and Fire, uh, but boy, it has been a lot. And I didn't, I didn't look at it line by line like I am with uh, Sir Matt now. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, it is significant that you do that. It's important. Uh, you miss a lot of things if you don't. So that's why we're doing it. And it, and it just helps add to the discussions and I'm happy to do it. So it's been fun. So, and uh, also, again, uh, a little quick uh, plug here for the uh, Patreon. Again, we've, uh, as I said, the shirts are coming in. Uh, sign up there on, you, you, we bought a bunch of shirts, like, I want to say over 50, 50 mm-hmm. plus shirts. So we've got all sorts of sizes and everything. Um, so if you want to sign up on, on patreon.com 
forward slash bend the knee. We will send you a shirt and you won't have to wait as long as everybody else who we really appreciate absolutely uh, for waiting. So just yeah. wanted to say uh, that you, you guys have been huge. We, we yeah, really, we appreciate really, it. really appreciate it. And going forward to that, sh- that should really never be an issue again. We just kind of, no, we're just kind of working with the, these new people and we're actually getting something set up to where we can just do like single shirts single when, order. when, yeah, when single they come order. in, we fill out the Google form, ba boom, yep. plugging it in we send it right to you. You should have it within, you know, yeah. what did you say, and that's and that's not and that, and yeah, and that's not even up. that's not even just shirts. That's going to be other stuff too, because uh, the mm-hmm. patron tier who get uh, for people who get the shirts, uh, you get other swag bag stuff uh, as we yeah. as we go forward, and so it's yeah. going to be a lot easier for us to give Dude. you guys those stuff like mugs and other yeah. stuff too. We also we have our our artist uh, Matt and I kind of work with and collaborate mm-hmm. with a. Uh, with someone who's do, helping us with some artwork, um, Matt does all the sigil, so he's he works. You know, he knows that realm of you know mm-hmm. graphic design and stuff more than I do. Uh, but not, we've not the, not to the level of our artist, right? No, oh yeah, my God. Right, right. He's awesome. Um, but we have the four main houses; those those logos slash um, designs done. And I think the next one, we're, I, I really want to move on to House Dane. I'm down. I really want to send him like some some because basically we cre- we kind of create our own. Uh, image and idea, take some notes, then we send it to, to try to make it a little different from uh, what you've seen out there online. And House Dane, man, I think it would be cool to see I'm what down, see what yeah. you can come up with for, mm-hmm. for that. So, um, so yeah, definitely check that out. The Black Council episode will be uh, coming out this uh, June, as well as our our first major um, YouTube theory uh, mm-hmm. that we're working on. Yep, and we have a mead, meat, and cheese. We uh, recorded the other day coming. We yep. have the book to show comparison coming yep. so just a lot more content coming your guys way. yeah so at the end of may and the beginning of june you guys should see a lot of stuff dropping on patreon and on the podcast so all right guys well thank you as always for playing the game of thrones and in the ha- in the words of house beesbury beware our sting
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.